Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Justin Thomas and Brian Murphy. And gentlemen, let's talk some seven-on-seven state tournament. The uh, a summertime tradition for Texas high school football, the seven-on-seven state tournament, it kicks off, what, on Thursday? Thursday through Saturday down at uh, Veterans Park and Athletic Complex. Hope I got that right. Yeah. Uh, down in College Station. Um, yeah, and sure enough, we got plenty of teams that are going to be making the uh, making the trip south and hoping to uh, try to capture a seven-on-seven state championship. So let's uh, let's talk about it. You know, we've got the uh, the fields of the field of uh, I guess there's going to be what 128 total teams between Division One, Two, II, and Three competing down there in College Station, including 64 um, in Division One, which is where the bulk of our qualifying teams lie. Um, so let's just give a quick rundown of the teams that we do have heading down to College Station. Um, over in Division One, you got Capel. Frisco High, uh, Hebron, uh, Mesquite Horn, Frisco Lone Star, Lovejoy, and Marcus. And then in Division Two, got a couple programs there with Salina and Sunnyvale. So, um, wow, Justin, this is probably like maybe the biggest turnout I can recall recently from um, just for your markets. Yeah. Um, so, where do you want to start, man? Whether it's Capel, Hebron, you know, Marcus. How about we start with Marcus since they haven't been in the state tournament since 2002? Wow. It's, that's got to be, of yeah. all the teams that are, that are going to be down there, that has to be maybe the longest layoff among all of them. Yeah, definitely, at least for the teams in our little markets well, here. Well, Frisco, they've never even been before, so this yeah. is their first time. So, But yeah, like Marcus, I guess probably a lot like Frisco, you mm-hmm. know, traditionally in the past, a power running team, they just oh, yeah. didn't even, you know, do it. They didn't even mm-hmm. go to SQTs or anything, especially when, you know, Brian Ir- Irwin was the coach there. But So this is only the fourth time they've ever made the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, they've their best finish was getting to the second round in 2002 the last time they made it um so pretty they gotta be pretty excited going down there and i think one reason that they are headed and qualified is quarterback garrett nussmeyer mm-hmm. who's had a big off season he's um starting to rack up some offers he was uh, out at baton rouge out of lsu um Ooh. either this weekend or last he has offers from tcu and penn state as well <laughs> so he, he'll be a junior. He's heading into his second season starting. So um, he's getting a lot of buzz this off season. Seems like he's ready to kind of take a big step forward. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously the quarterback is one of the reasons you have success in seven on seven. So oh, yeah, um, kind of starts there. He's having a good off season. He has a, a wide receiver who's kind of making some headlines. He's a transfer from Kansas City. Uh, J. Michael Sturdivant. He's got a Florida State offer. He was recently out in Palo Alto visiting Stanford. So he's kind of getting some buzz. Um, they have Jaden Robinson and Christian Espin- Espinoza back at right receiver, so um, pretty good receiving core. Tyson mm-hmm. Edwards is kind of the heir apparent at running back, so I'm sure he's getting some work there too. 
Um, not too familiar with what Marcus is going to have in the secondary next year, but and talking to Coach Kevin Atkinson, I know he was pretty pleased with what he saw from the guys as a whole this spring. Mm -hmm. He didn't really give out any names, but said, you know, as a unit, they're coming along pretty well. So seems to be the case in their seven-on-seven -seven action as well. So uh, we'll see how the Marauders do first time in, dang, like 17 years. Yeah. Now, so. <laughs> and they were on, like, seven-on-seven seven has been a really big part in what Marcus has done this offseason. It wasn't just like they, they went to one SQT qualified yeah. and that was that. I mean, they were really, really active in the SQT circuit. And if I recall, I mean, their record so far in those tournaments is, I mean, no matter, because you always wonder, like, when you look at wins and losses in SQTs, you don't know, like, how many kids are yeah. on vacation or whatnot or exactly. how close yeah. a team is to full strength. But it seems like Marcus, for the most part, was really consistent in the yeah. results that I saw. Could be one of the teams to kind of keep an eye on as far as a team that might be able to make some serious headway. Definitely. Um, yeah, Frisco, Brian. We mentioned Frisco, and I think what you know back in what was it the uh, the Northwest mm -hmm. SQT was yep. the one that they uh, that they qualified in. When I'm just looking over the pools there, and like you have to double take when you see Frisco High in yeah. any sort of seven on seven competition because yeah. that is like they throw. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now they do. It's a program that averages like you know there are years when they've averaged like what six seven pass attempts per game. If that, so you would yeah. think like the last atmosphere you'd expect to see Frisco in would be seven on seven, you know and Look at them going out there, and not only do they, you know, show out well, look the part. They they qualify in that one SQT that they're in. Um, I mean, yeah. What was your, what were you able to make of just what the Frisco Raccoons were able to accomplish in their lone uh, in their lone SQT of the uh, of the summer? Well, they were in the Frisco SQT mm. as well oh, okay. uh, about a month and a half ago, and they made the state qualifying round. They lost to Cypress Bridgeland 34-26, so they made it all the way down okay. there. That was the same tournament uh, that Frisco Lone Star also qualified as well. Mm. So Frisco, it, it wasn't just some fluke at the Northwest Tournament. They're, they're here to stay for 7-on-7. Seven seven. This is the first time since 2015 that they've actually even done 7-on-7. Seven seven. Like mm -hmm. I said, they've never qualified for state. You know, they're the wing tee, you know, rushing attack. You know, they don't really throw the ball like you just said. Uh, but, you know, it, with 7-on-7, seven seven, it starts and ends with the quarterback. You know, mm -hmm. they have a guy named Corey Green. Uh, they say he's a phenomenal athlete. First-year head coach Jeff Harbert, who's been there for the last 14 years as a defensive coordinator and a defensive yeah. assistant, uh, you know he they're really high on Corey Green. He kind of bounced around in different positions last year. He's that type of player. You know he's so dynamic. He'll play a bunch of different positions, but he's got the size. He has the arm strength, and so with a couple other guys that were kind of battling him, you know, playing other sports in the spring. Mm -hmm. Green was able to separate himself uh, this past spring during seven on seven, and he's played really well. And you know, he was expecting some growing pains, and then you know, their first few seven on seven outings, he kind of struggled. But you know, they've they've really really turned it around, and he's really showed a lot of promise. Uh, Harbert also told me that this is the best set of skill kids that he's probably had ever at Frisco. You know, you have guys coming back, uh, Bryson Clemens, one of their lead rushers from last year, mm -hmm. uh, Chase Lowry, a, a transfer from Preston Wood. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. these guys playing, yeah, these yeah. guys playing, you know, both sides uh, of the football for Frisco. Uh, other guys like Dante Reese, Miles May, you know, these, these skill kids, you know, that's what you need in Frisco. They lost their entire offensive line. Ah. So the fall, we'll see how that works out, having to replace those guys. But when you have so many skill guys coming in and transfers and, a, and an up-and-coming, you know, big quarterback that can really throw the ball, 
You know, that, it, it's a recipe for success in seven on seven. You wonder if like, I don't know, because you wonder if maybe they take any of these concepts and apply them at all to the fall, and just I, I wonder ultimately like what the what Frisco's purpose is, what they're getting out of this seven on seven, just because again it's a team that this style of play is just such a departure from what they're uh, you know we're usually accustomed to when we see Frisco High suit up. Well, Harbor and his coaching staff they were convinced by all of these players. They begged him and begged him and begged him, hey, let's let's do it. We want to do it. Mm-hmm. We want to do it. He's like, you know, okay, we'll do it. Okay, and, and there we, we're going to see. We'll, we'll still see the wing tee. We'll yeah, still yeah. see the traditional offense that, that Frisco runs, that has run have for the some, past. Have some stuff in your back pocket just in but case. And <laughs> be on the lookout. Yeah. They will be throwing the ball more. That's all I'll say. Ah, oh. To be continued. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating. Um, let's see. One team that, um, you know, amongst the local teams that we have going down there that's going to be on my radar is Lovejoy. I'm curious to see what Lovejoy is going to be able to do this weekend. Um, they're a program that is perennially in this this juncture of the offseason heading down to, to state. This is their fifth time in six years that they've made it as a Division One state tournament qualifier, their eighth time overall. Um, and this was a Lovejoy team that began the offseason with a lot of questions because you talk about the importance of skill players, and they graduated just about all of them from last season's team. Um, and then they come out in their, uh, you know, their first SQT, um, you know, in Hearst. They lose their first game to uh, to Rockwell Heath, 31-29. And then since then, they have not lost. They've won nine straight games, and I'm um, just putting up some gaudy offensive numbers. You know, they've averaged almost 33 points per game throughout the SQT circuit because they were one of those where they qualified in their first SQT out in Hearst, and then um, you know they participated in the Northwest SQT and they were in action last week in Rowlett went undefeated in both of those so definitely a team that did not just uh, you know rest on its laurels and has very much kept the momentum going um, you know since qualifying um, you know they've got uh, that offense is led by quarterback Ralph Rucker and wide receiver Reed Westervelt you know those two were just lighting it up all all summer and um, I don't know just like you look at a you know kind of their recent history and um, you know they got to the quarterfinal round last year and granted a completely different team you know they had a very very spirited showing though against Against, uh, against Manville, you know, in a 33 to 30 loss um, in the quarterfinals in last season's state tournament, and um, I don't know, just when you factor in just the the momentum that they've had, I don't know, it's one of those teams that I think might, um, you know, might might hang around for a little bit on uh, on Saturday or whenever the uh, you know the bracket phase is. Um, let's see, how about uh, let's see, Justin, whether it's um, you know Capel or Hebron, um, just kind of how are you feeling about either of those schools right now headed into into state? Well, we mentioned Marcus is their first time since 2002. Coppell and Hebron on the other end are pretty regular uh, mm-hmm. appearances here. 17, number 17 for Hebron, their fourth in a row. Since 2001, they only missed it twice, and that was in 2014 and 15. So they're uh, pretty uh, familiar with heading down to College Station for this. Their best finishes previously have been the quarterfinals. They made the third round in 03, 07, and 2017 with mm-hmm. Clean Tune there. But uh, things got to be looking pretty good for them. Carson Harris is coming back mm-hmm. at quarterback. You yeah. know, um, no Trajan Bridges this year. Um, obviously, he was a whatever will they do big in- impact player in the seven on seven level on both sides. But um, still pretty good at the wide receiver spot. You know, Colton Bradford and Keon Wafer coming back. You have the John Paul transfer, Jedi Henry, and then you have some two way players, Vincent Miller and Mason Williamson. So um, pretty pretty solid there um, defensively. You know. It all starts with Darius Snow. I'm guessing he'll be out there. Um, Justin Burton, Dre Smallwood, Zaire Holland. We'll see what their running backs. They have ta- talented running backs in Jalen Rott and Isaiah Broadway. I'm guessing all those guys will be out there. So a lot of options for Harris, a lot of two-way players, so a lot of talent for Hebron. 
Hebrews are never lacking in skill position players, no, come they, to know. Yeah, they seem to be pretty, uh, they don't lack for athletes over there, that's for sure. Uh, Brian, how about a Frisco Lone Star? Usually a program that we associate too much, despite their, uh, you know, their storied lineage in yeah. the fall. Not a program that you traditionally associate with the 7-on-7 seven seven state tournament. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, the years with Jason Shelley and, and MJ Rivers and stuff, you don't really remember them having big-time success in 7-on-7. Seven seven. But, you know, they have another quarterback waiting in the wings, uh, transfer from Tom Ball and Chandler Galvan, uh, who actually just committed uh, last week to Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're, you know, they're doing well with him. Obviously, Marvin Mims, you know, with that dynamic duo. Um, not, not too familiar who, who they have uh, on defense, but, you know, they qualified so early uh, in that Frisco SQT. Want to know the final score of their, uh, the final game to qualify for state uh, in, that, in that tournament was against uh, Denison. They beat him sixty nine to twenty two. Wow! So that means you're scoring basically on every possession. Yeah. Point. Yeah. So the, the with maybe even a couple defensive scores mixed in, it's really hard to get into the sixties yeah. and seven on seven, even yeah. if you score every possession. Yeah. And so you know, Lone Star, and that was after you know they lost to Frisco Reedy in the final pool game, eighteen yeah. to zero. So it's like, which Lone Star team are we going to get? But you know, mm-hmm. when you have a quarterback like that, you have players like MJ Rivers and all the skill position guys and those defensive studs and uh, guys like Noah Bolton and, and, and other big names. You know, they're Lone Star's locked and locked and loaded, and it's it's shown some success here in seven on seven as well. Uh, let's see who else didn't we mention? Uh, Capel. What you got to say about the Cowboys, JT? Well, third year in a row going down to co- College Station for the Cowboys, twelfth time overall. Um, they've had some success in the past. They made the quarterfinals in 07 and 010, and then also made it all the way to the semifinals in 2009. So uh, one game away from the championship, obviously. Um, really interested to see how the Cowboys do down there. They're a team that. In terms of their skill players, wide receivers, and running back, you know they lost a ton. So I wasn't really sure what they would have. Looks like um, not only did they lose that, then in the tournament they mm-hmm. qualify, and their starting quarterback Drew Sanilia was out of town. So they ended up qualifying with uh, Kevin Schumann, uh, kind of helming the show there. So Which was, that's a very very nice luxury to have. Schumann was the starter at Jesuit last year, so to be yeah. able to you know call on your backup quarterback to come in like that and have the uh, yeah. kind of skins on the wall that he does and not miss a beat. It's a pretty nice luxury for Capel. So yeah, they lost a lot of a lot of skilled players, a lot of secondary players, a lot of receivers from last year. One guy they do have back is KJ Liggins, who mm-hmm. is a you know pretty ballyhooed recruit, two-way player. So he'll contribute on both ends. He got injured very early in the non-district season last year, missed the whole year, missed basketball too. He's back fully healthy, working out all spring mm-hmm. and stuff. So I'm sure that's a nice little luxury for Juice and Ilya. And then another guy that's kind of making ways for them is um, sophomore Anthony Black, who was a varsity basketball player as a freshman mm-hmm. last year. But he's had a very good spring. I know you saw him out at one of the tournaments you covered in yeah. some photos, and he kind of caught your eye. So real real tall athletic guy. Seems like he's going to Very be, lanky. Yeah. He's got some long arms. Seems like he's <laughs> going like to be Giannis out there big, catching passes. Big red zone threat for them, uh, obviously, in 7-on-7 seven seven and then moving into the fall. So... Um, like I said, team that's had success down there, mm. no stranger to going down there. The only time they've missed since 2007 was 14 and 16, so the guys they have have been down there before. So just, yeah, interesting to see how these uh, Coppell skill players stack up against some of these other quality uh, secondaries that you'll see out there. And let's see the last of the uh, of the programs that we have out of uh, our neck of the woods in the Division One tournament, Mesquite Horn, a team that was one of the last uh, to get in last week. They um, they qualified at the Rowlett SQT in the final week of, uh, of state qualifying tournaments. Uh, Mesquite Horn, let's see, I got their results here. Let's see, how did they... They actually started off, did they, with a very, very inauspicious start. They lost 26 to six to Plano East. 
Plano East team that's going through a bit. I'd actually take it back. Plano, uh, Plano West, West yeah. I should say. Plano yeah. West, um, you know, a team that's going through its uh, you know a bit of a rough patch in its uh, in its development. They were able to bounce back though, pretty uh, pretty convincingly. You know, they beat Frisco uh, Lebanon Trail 26-20, Grapevine 37 to 14, and um, then they uh, they kind of have their way with Denison in the uh, in the uh, qualifying round 39 to 12. So they're headed to state for the second consecutive Denison year. Taking some beatings when they get out to that qualifying <laughs> round. Wasn't that you? you say wasn't that Denison that your team yeah that just smacked by Lone Star yeah <laughs> poor Denison you got the uh, you know you're coming off the high of like all right we just need one win to yeah. get there one win to get to state and yeah, it sounds like it was over before they knew it. Um, Horn was a team that uh, you know probably had the best run of any program in our uh, in our markets last year at state. They made it all the way to the semifinals um, and had a really close loss to A uh, and M Consolidated. Um, now, obviously, you don't have Jermaine Gibbons this year, so it's going to be it's a different looking Horn team. But nevertheless, the uh, the Jaguars bound for the uh, the state seven on seven tournament. Um, let's see. This is a a good point for a quick little break. Um, you know, we've got a couple other teams in the Division two bracket. Salina and Sunnyvale to talk about, so let's um, pick it up on the other side of a word from the sponsor and talk a little bit about those two. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly pages of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And we are back, um, and I guess what in like the like thirty seconds or whatever after we uh, we went to a break, we uh, we found out that the uh, the pools sure enough were released for the uh, for the Division One and Division Two brackets. Breaking news on the podcast. There you go. So let's um yeah. So a quick idea as far as what um what the local teams that we just discussed who they are going to be uh, competing against in pool play on uh, on Friday at least in Division One Thursday for Division Two um, for the Division One pools. Let's see. We have um, Marcus, which is Marcus and. Horn. Marcus and Horn are in the same pool. They are both in uh, Pool C, along with uh, Eastwood out of El Paso and uh, Manville, a team that made a uh, pretty impressive run last year. Then we have, uh, let's see, a rematch there, right? Didn't we? Didn't Horn play Manville last year? Did Horn play Manville last year? Do I have that up somewhere? I don't know. I thought uh, we might have talked about that earlier. Uh, it was Lovejoy that played Manville oh, last, last year? year. Okay. Let's see. Then we have. Speaking of Lovejoy, they're in Pool J, uh, along with Coronado, Ridgepoint, and Rockwall, another uh, no. Dallas area team. 48% of 7-on-7 seven seven champions have come out of Pool J. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just made that up. Okay. <laughs> You're crunching those numbers. That's, like the there. <laughs> That's an incredible stat. <laughs> Uh, and then one uh, one letter right below in Pool K, you have Frisco Lone Star, where they draw Waco Midway, Montgomery, and, uh, and O'Connor. And then uh, in Pool M, that's where Frisco will make its uh, its state debut. They draw Richmond Foster, Austin Westlake, and Veterans, and then Capel in uh, in Pool N against Katy, LBJ, and uh, Wichita Falls Rider. And then rounding it out in Pool O, that is where Hebron resides, along with Cy Woods, Pioneer, and Temple. 
any uh, because that's the thing. Like with these pools, they uh, no they, thoughts. Yeah, because they, <laughs> they spread it out. With they always take a team from kind of like North Texas and East, West, South. So you have you know four teams that have next to no familiarity. Really tough to kind of get a get yeah. a read on which pools might be stronger than another. Because I mean, honestly, that can kind of set the stage for how a team fares. The top two pool finishers, I should say. Um, you know that you know they advance to the championship bracket. The other two go to the consolation bracket. So who knows? Um, at least out of Lovejoy's pool, um, you know, when I see Rockwall um, and having watched that team put the fear of God in Allen last year in the playoffs, um, and they've still got you know maybe the best receiver in the in the state and Jackson Smith and Jigba back, and uh, yeah. Good luck and Godspeed to Lovejoy's secondary trying to slow that kid down. That was the best receiver. One of the best receivers I've ever seen at the high school level. Um, let's see. So with that, um, we can quickly shift gears and talk a little bit about Division Two. Talk a little Salina, a little Sunnyvale, and, um, and kind of what's in store for those programs. This is kind of Salina's time to shine, Brian, if history's any indication. So what's the uh, the read on the Bobcats as they begin um, another trek down to the state uh, the state seven on seven tournament? Well, just another year, another trip to state. Yep. Coach Elliott told me uh, last week he was like, "Yeah, I can't recall a time where we didn't make the state tournament. Uh, they've won it four times, um, and they're back. They're in Pool H in Division Two with China Spring, Marion, and Sweeney." And you know what? They're, they're always favorites, you know, for this thing. They haven't won it since 2012. You have the numbers right there. The last time they didn't make it. Um, I mean, they started playing in 07. And they well, they won it in 2000 also. So hmm. they've maybe 06. Like, it's like a Division three program, or I don't even know if that was around that. Possibly, no, because at the beginning they, they had just uh, one division at first. They I mean, they've made it every year since 2007. So. Either way, it's mighty impressive. Can't remember the last time they were in this, uh, not in this tournament. Uh, like I said, they've won it four times. Uh, a lot of returning guys. Mm -hmm. uh, Hunter Watson at quarterback, he's really solidified that position. Uh, really, really playing well there. It really helps to have your returning starter there. Uh, Logan Point. Man, he just keeps getting bigger and stronger and faster and more scary looking. He started as a sophomore. He had a really awesome year last year. Um, you know, really should have been. I'm surprised he didn't get a superlative uh, last year in that district. But I, I expect him to be a candidate. You know, uh, in seven four eight four. You know. An MVP type mm -hmm. year, uh, he looks really good. Uh, another guy to look out for: receiver slash tight end, whatever you want to call him. DJ Delano, six foot six, starter on the basketball team, starting first baseman on the baseball team. You know, he's look, looking to make a, a key impact uh, offensively for the Salina football team in the fall. And he's just a nightmare matchup in a, a sport like seven on seven, where mm -hmm. it's not so physical. And if you have that size and those tangibles, you know, uh, you can really dominate there. So. You know, Salina, expect them to be be another big player uh, down there in College Station again this year. Salina, the only uh, the only school among those listed um, as you know as Division Two qualifiers to have made it every single year since 2007. Just a uh, a very very impressive run of consistency that the, uh, that you the know Bobcats they know how to play football in Salina. So six was the last time they missed out. Okay, oh six. Division One, they made it in 99, 2000, 01, 03, and 05. Okay. So with that, with it's like two twice that they haven't made it since yeah since ninety nine they 90. missed in two thousand two two thousand four and, and two thousand six yeah. and then when they went to division two they've made it every year that's crazy and they won it three times I believe I and then they won it in was it ninety nine or two thousand when it was all everyone was yeah, all yeah, yeah, in one the division, division. two thousand they won and, and then in division two they won in oh nine 
012 and 07. And back then, Salina was what a two or three A, mm -hmm. and you're playing up against five A's. Oh yeah. So that's that's <laughs> it makes it even more impressive. Meanwhile, you have a school like Sunnyvale, which you know you look at the most storied you know Division two uh, you know seven on seven program in the state, then you compare that to Sunnyvale, which is making just its second ever trip to uh, you know to state, second in a row at that. Um, but Sunnyvale is. Um, you know, take which stock and you will. But as far as what they've uh, they've done this summer, um, there aren't too many teams that I would reckon among the 32 that have uh, qualified for that Division II bracket that have been just as flat out dominant as Sunnyvale has been. Um, you know, you look at the uh, they qualified. You know, back in the uh, in the Paris SQT, uh, they went 4-0, and they've. Uh, I mean, they're 10-0. You know, in SQTs overall, their average margin of victory so far has been 23.2 points. Hmm. So they are just beating the breaks off of these teams um, defend because when you think of I mean you know so much emphasis is placed on offense and sure enough Sunnyvale's got one of the better one of the better quarterbacks in the in the Metroplex at the 4A level in Trip Makeda I believe a former uh, guest of the podcast um, you know he's back and obviously that offense has just been lighting teams up um, their defense though has been just as impressive I should say if not more I mean they're only um, you know in their 10 um, in their 10 SQT games only 13.9 points allowed, which to hold teams under two touchdowns in seven on seven, I mean, that's really yeah. hard to do. <laughs> so yeah, no, uh, no small feat in what Sunnyvale has accomplished up to this point. And um, yeah, I mean, they, they've only been there down there once before, you know, they went, um, you know, one and done in the, uh, you know, in the championship bracket last year. Now granted, it was a loss to Melissa, you know, a really, really good program in its own right. So that's just, you know, just an unlucky draw more than anything. Um, a Melissa team that wound up going to the semifinals. Um, but nevertheless, I don't know, Sunnyvale, just based on their results, um, I don't know, keep an eye on that team. On the, uh, on the short list of potential favorites, um, you know, to uh, maybe take home a state championship this week. And um, and let's see what was uh, yeah what was their pool? Do you have that up there, Brian? Sir. One second, Sunnyvale. They were with uh, Burnett, McGregor, and Worthing in Pool D. That sounds like a law firm. <laughs> <laughs> Burnett, McGregor, and Worthing. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got, I have next to no information on any of those three schools. But um, so yeah, we'll see. That action kicks off on the Division Two tournament is Thursday and Friday. Division One Friday and Saturday. And yeah, we'll have um, plenty of stuff in our papers in the uh, next week as far as uh, fallout from the uh, from the state tournament and um, I don't know I don't have anything else to add to this you guys awesome let's take it home so this is a uh, yeah this has been it for the uh, the star local media high school sports podcast this has been Matt Welsh JT Brian appreciate y'all for tagging along folks we'll be back on Thursday for another episode keep enjoying your week and we will talk to y'all later Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? 
Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.